0: It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Tuesday, November 9th. Let's dive into waivers here for Week 10. Still plenty of time left in this season, too, by the way. If you're panicking, just be zen about it, man. You'll get through it. You'll get through it, and eventually get on the right side of variance. But let's dive into it here. Waiver Wire rankings, like we always do. Of course, you can get them in uh, digital form which I guess is what this podcast is in as well, but you can you can read them at ftnfantasy.com. Elijah Moore tops the list for me this week coming in at 20%. I'm not going to go overboard on him, but at the same time, well, this is a kid that we loved coming into the NFL. We, you know, saw the potential at the college level. And he has responded here in the middle part of the season. Now, of course, they do have some questions at quarterback there for the Jets. Is it going to be Mike White going forward? I mean, that would be that'd be crazy to have Zach Wilson benched for Mike White. But potentially, it could happen. I don't know. I really don't know what happens there. But at the same time, I don't think it really that matters that much for Elijah Moore. He is surging. Now, I will put things into context, though. This mini breakout that has happened over the last two weeks has happened without Corey Davis on the field. And when Corey Davis is back, he is going to take some of those targets away. So that's one of the pitfalls here. But that's where we stand. I'm going to still spend the money. I love young players at this time of year. So I'm going to spend the money on him if I have it. Odell Beckham Jr. at number two, 15%. I don't know where he goes, but chances are it's a good spot. And Hopefully, we get a little bit of a honeymoon period. Hopefully, he lands in a place with an offensive coordinator who knows how to use him, a head coach who has plans for him, all of that. Uh, we shall see where he lands. But I'm willing to take the risk right now. And heck, he may have even landed somewhere uh, in the meantime. If it is like a crazy good spot, because he has been widely dropped. I would go higher than this, obviously. I don't think I'd go much higher than the 30, 35%. I don't want to completely break the bank on Odell Beckham Jr. just because we know there is risk here, but there's also reward. If he lands in a crappy spot, a spot where he's buried on a depth chart, a spot where there is no quarterback, then yeah, I mean, we're going to temper expectations. He'll still probably be worth an ad, even in a bad spot. Uh, But I'm going 15% as the midpoint. Brandon Ayuk at three, 15%. Hey, it it started last week. It crystallized here week nine for him. He's back. Now, is he going to be consistent every single week? No. But probably one of the most important things you can do, if you really want to advance to that next level of fantasy proficiency (laughs) or whatever the heck you want to call it, you want to up your game, know who these players are know that Mike Williams, for example, is not going to be consistent week in and week out. That's just not Mike Williams, right? Mike Evans is like the classic of that. Mike Williams could be, in a lot of ways, maybe a new version of Mike Evans, if this continues. He's not going to be consistent. And you know what? If he was consistent, I'd be ranking him at like five every week. But we rank him at 18 this past week because of the floor and the ceiling, right? You get a guy like Brandon Ayuk he's not going to be consistent every single week, but he has a pretty darn high ceiling. So that's the thought process there with him. Devin Singletary at four. He's the top running back ad of the week for me, and I'll talk about another guy who I know is being touted. But why Singletary? Well, we know A, he's on the 53-man roster. That's good. Zach Moss could miss time here. We'll see with the concussion. You never quite know with concussions, but it is still worth adding Singletary regardless. Uh, Rashad Bateman coming in at 12% as well, so 12% on Singletary and Bateman. Bateman at number five. Uh, I do like the usage. He is behind in the pecking order. That is the downfall here of Bateman, but it looks like he is really going to be the clear-cut number three target. Of course, you have Marquise Brown as the number one target. You do have Mark Andrews as the number two target, but Bateman had eight eight targets this past game, 111 air yards as well, 13.9 yards downfield. So Lamar is looking his way downfield, which is key. Speaking of downfield, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 10%. Now he is not Odell Beckham Jr. Let's be clear. He is not replacing Odell Beckham Jr. He is simply now has a little bit more opportunity to be Donovan Peoples-Jones, which is a downfield threat for this team. He's a guy who can make big plays. And now it's not, we're not at the point where we look at his line this past week and say that was a fluke. Now it was only two catches, 86 yards and a score, but it wasn't a fluke. This guy gets targeted heavily downfield, 28 yard average depth of target. Now it was only three targets, but he had more opportunity to be on the field. Played 29 snaps in that game out of, and I know that doesn't sound like like a lot, but it was only out of 40, what, 48 offensive snaps. So he's out there a good chunk of the time. Jarvis only played 32 snaps. So they go two, two tight end heavy. Uh, all of those tight ends played. Najoku Bryant, Hooper. So don't expect a ton of consistency, but the upside is there with Peoples Jones. Kenyon Drake, 10%. I don't love Kenyon Drake because he is a passing down back. That became abundantly clear this past week. He's not going to eat into Josh Jacobs' workload as a runner. That division of labor is still there for this team. But at the same time, he did flash some upside, and maybe this coaching regime does like him a little bit more than Gruden did. So why not? Jordan Howard, 8%. Now, as of right now, Jordan Howard is on the practice squad. There are some beat writers in Philadelphia who are banging the drum for the Eagles to sign him to the 53-man roster. It does seem like a likely move, but just know if you're adding him at 8%, there's a couple pitfalls. First and foremost, he's not on the team, technically speaking. I mean, he's on the practice squad. Secondly, Miles Sanders. We can't forget about him. Now, ultimately, can you lose your job in the NFL? Absolutely, absolutely. Will Miles Sanders lose his job? I'm not sure about that. Naeem Hines at 7%. Don't chase last week's numbers. That's going to be the high watermark for the season, but he still has value enough to be on fantasy rosters. Ramondre Stevenson, 5%. Now, this is a little bit of a hedge, but so there's a concussion uh, potentially here for Damian Harris, concussion protocol. Ramondre Stevenson also, though. It's just a friendly reminder, though, that he does have handcuff value, and he should at least be on benches. A lot of running backs on the uh, waiver wire list today. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, I got some more for you here at Running Back. Ah, the blast from the past at Running Back. Devontae Freeman going out and putting up a decent day. Now, keep in mind, this was without Latavius Murray, but I I honestly think that Freeman's role isn't really going to change when Murray comes back. If anything, well, it, it'll take a player completely out of the mix, and I'll talk about him in a second. But Freeman played 57 snaps in this one. Obviously, overtime game, so there was more snaps to be played. Had 15 touches, though, and got in the end zone as a receiver. He looked pretty good in this. He's going to have a role going forward. If he's out there, you could do a whole heck of a lot worse than Devontae Freeman. At 12, Alex Collins. I'm going 5% on him. He's still, I mean, he's a cuff plus in that you can use him right now. He won't be able to use him once Chris Carson comes back. That could be this week. Cuff plus. You know, Khalil Herbert. Somebody this morning was like, oh, Khalil Herbert's value evaporated. No, it didn't really evaporate. It shifted. He now is, is a cuff. He was a cuff plus. David Montgomery back. Now he's a cuff. That doesn't mean we drop him, because we know he will get the rock if David Montgomery gets hurt again. Same with Sony Michelle; He'll get the rock if Daryl Henderson gets hurt, and heck, he can even outscore Daryl Henderson from time to time. We'll go 5% on him. He did this past week. Adrian Peterson, 5%. That backfield is a mess, but I'm going to acknowledge the fact that running backs are probably a mess for most of us for fantasy purposes, and you might need him if he wasn't picked up. I don't think it's terrible. He got the touchdown. I don't think he looked the best of those running backs. And I'll talk about uh, one of the other running backs in that backfield in a moment. Uh, but that's where we are with uh, with Adrian Peterson. Five percent on McCole Hardman, heavily targeted. I know that offense doesn't look good right now. I don't really care. I I think that's a that's a reaction to results, not a reaction to or or a, a sticking to a process and I do think that we need to really stick to the process here, not uh, you know, not lose our minds and freak out to what has just happened, right? Recency bias. Logan Thomas uh, at 5% at number 16 on my list, should be back this week. Remember, Ricky Seals-Jones doesn't have any value after that point. Tim Patrick at 4%. I'm not going overboard on Patrick because it was only five targets, but I guess he should still at least be on rosters. Pat Fryermuth. I'll go 4% on Fryermuth. Now, the thing about him, obviously, he's going to look phenomenal after last night. That is probably the high watermark for him, though he is trending in the right direction. I think it's a stretch to simply assume that now he is like a borderline elite option. I really do. I think that's an over-exaggeration. But at the same time, we do have to take for real the fact that Big Ben looks his way especially in the red zone, as he showed us last night, and Friar is pretty good. Five for 43 and two scores. Now, the two scores is the thing that I'm a little bit concerned about, you know, us uh, over-exaggerating the importance of. Six targets in that one. Deontay Johnson only had six. Chase Claypool was digged up, and this one only had five targets. Those targets will typically go their way, so I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. Marquez Calloway, on Callaway. He scored a touchdown. The quarterback situation is a mess there. But I'm still rostering him. Russell Gage, 3%. Actually had a nice bounce back after really a disaster of a week. Eight performance there for Gage. Deontay Foreman, 3%. The other guy I wanted to talk about in that backfield. Actually thought he looked better than Adrian Peterson. The challenge is. I don't think he has been signed to the 53-man roster. Now, I could be wrong on this one. I am trying to find him being reverted back to the practice squad. I'm not seeing it. The transaction says activated from the practice squad, which is different than signed to the 53-man roster. So just be careful here. I do think ultimately he will be signed to the 53-man roster, though. You know, I'm probably about as confident as Jordan Howard. So if we're going to pick up Jordan Howard, then we could also pick up Deontay Foreman. Le'Veon Bell, 3%. I actually had to start him in a league this week, and he scored a touchdown. Uh, He didn't look great, but he didn't look terrible. So again, beggars can't be choosers at running back. Dan Arnold, 3%, trending up. He's a front-end tight end, too, every week now. Mark Ingram, 3%. Remember, he is the cuff in that backfield and actually looks pretty decent. I mean, he's definitely not peak career Mark Ingram, but he's pretty spry right now. At 25, Jamal Agnew, 3%, somehow still leading this team in targets over the last couple weeks. It continues on. Whatever. 26, uh, Rashad Penny, 3%. He's like a tertiary cuff, but as Seattle has shown us over the years, their running backs get hurt, so I don't mind tossing him on a bench in a deeper league. 3% on Carlos Hyde. He was predictably ineffective against Buffalo, but... He could get some run here, especially if Robinson does miss another game. I don't think that's the case, but it could could certainly happen. Eno Benjamin, 3%. Remember him? Oh, you know it's November when we're talking about Eno Benjamin. So with Eno Benjamin, here's the deal. Chase Edmonds is going to miss some time, and it could be significant. It could be four to six weeks. So James Conner is the guy in that backfield now, and Eno Benjamin would... He's gonna have a role, so I'll, I'll toss him on some benches. Tyler Conklin, three percent, solid front end tight end two. Taysom Hill, three percent. I can't imagine they keep Trevor Simeon as the starter, uh, especially after that loss. That loss hurt. Justin Fields, three uh, percent. He keeps trending in the right direction. He's still a little bit too volatile for my liking here. But I do like what we saw on Monday Night Football. Teddy Bridgewater, two percent. Speaking of volatile, I mean, he's at least putting points on the board. I don't think it's terrible. Uh, you know, the play on the field doesn't necessarily match the fantasy production, and I'm fine with that. Uh, Mike White, one percent. Who would thought this though that he could potentially be the starter as I talked about at the top of the show? But that could happen, so I'm going to add him if he's available in uh, two quarterback leagues. Trey Lance, I'm going to keep scooping him up. If I don't have a top 10 option, if I'm rolling with Matt Ryan, if I'm rolling with Kirk Cousins, if I'm rolling with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I'll keep scooping Trey Lance up because I think it's only a matter of time before we see him. And Jacoby Brissett, if Tua can't go again, he'll have value in two quarterback leagues, rounding out the rankings this week. All right, let's go to hold and cut. Uh, I am holding Tua for now. We'll see what happens. I'm holding Zach Moss through this concussion. Uh, I'm holding DJ Moore. I know you want to drop him, but I don't think that's a good idea. I'm still holding Allen Robinson, especially after last night. I had I did a live I do a live Monday Night Football betting show on uh, YouTube on Mondays. It's two o'clock Eastern on Mondays, and I took the over on three and a half receptions on Allen Robinson. And then somebody in the chat was like, "Oh boy!" Well, it hit. It hit. I mean, he's trending in the right direction. Uh, holding on Kadarius Toney as well. I'm going to cut his quarterback, though, Daniel Jones. If I need the spot, I would certainly add some of these guys I just mentioned. Tyson Williams, that sh- ship has set sail. Chase Edmonds, I think he's going to miss enough time where we ha- we now have to be thinking, we have five weeks left. We don't, we don't play to week 17 in fantasy football. We play to week 14. We have five weeks left. There's a player who's gonna miss a bulk of that time. We have to cut him loose because we need these spots. And then Tyler Boyd, uh, just because I'm getting a lot of questions about should we be keeping him? Nah, I didn't want to draft him in the first place, though. This is a great week if you already have an existing good defense. So if you have one of these defenses, don't cut them. If you do, if if these defenses are out there, this is the order I prefer them. These are not my streamers, these are the good defenses. Ready? Buffalo facing the Jets, easy peasy. Tampa facing Washington should be easy peasy. Arizona against Carolina, seeing a theme here. Pittsburgh versus Detroit. Uh, The Rams versus San Francisco, it's not necessarily the best matchup, and last week wasn't necessarily the best performance, but I still believe in the Rams. The Colts versus the Jags, the Saints versus the Titans, and the Patriots versus the Browns. If I have the Saints or the Patriots, I am willing to keep them. If one of those better defenses is out there, though, I would go for them instead. Any one of them in that order is how I prefer it. Uh, If if you have the Patriots or Saints and one of the streamers is out there, I'm just going to keep the Patriots or Saints because they are still pretty good defenses. So only three streamers, but it's because a lot of the best defenses are in good matchups this week. Ready for the streamers? Here we go. Baltimore versus Miami. I don't care if it's Tua or Brissette. I hope it's Brissette, but I'm still going to play the Ravens here. Tennessee versus New Orleans. Please keep starting Trevor Simeon, and I will go after this matchup. And Tennessee looked pretty good against LA. And then the Eagles facing Denver. Like I said, You can pick on Teddy a little bit. He'll still put fantasy points up, so I'm not worried there. But the Eagles have a little bit of upside in that defense, so we'll go with the Eagles. Ravens, Titans, Eagles as our streamers. All right, I will be back tomorrow. We are going to break down some fantasy football rankings for you. Rankings Wednesday coming at you on the flip side. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. FTNFantasy.com is the website. Promo code Rat Pack. Get yourself a discount. FTN Daily. Go try out that optimizer, by the way. Pretty freaking sweet. It's pretty sweet. If you play some DFS, I'm telling you. Promo code Rat Pack. Get yourself a discount at any one of our sites. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.